0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of SCAR. And SCAR stands for Seeking Courage and Redemption with Dustin Rivenbart. And we have a great guest lined up for you today. Before we get too deep into all of that, though, I want to give you sort of the intent of the podcast, kind of the why are we here, so to speak. And we are here to work out our hardships, our trials, our tribulations in such a way that we can begin to uncover God's plan for our lives. What is it that we are here for? But here's the problem. You may be asking, but Dustin, why do I need to listen to Scar? Why me? And the truth is, we all have stuff. We all have junk. We all have hardships that can begin to stack on top of us and even change the trajectory of our lives if we allow it. So that's what we want to do is just come together with our stories, with our, with our hardships, with our lessons, stuff that we have learned, and try to bring clarity into each other's life day by day by day. And so, so glad to have you tuning in with us. And now, without further ado, I want to welcome Mr. Umar Zhang to the show. Please say hello, Mr. Umar. Hello, Dustin. How are you? I am doing great. And so, I am super excited about uh, this conversation. Guys, for those of you who don't know, Mr. Umar Zhang is a motivational speaker. He is a, uh, a life coach. And very well um, educated on on just this this whole idea of being resilient this whole idea on on overcoming and and what it means to move forward in in hardship and all of that Um, I don't want to dig too deep into his story I want him to kind of tell us uh, Umar just kind of tell us a little bit about you and how we got here
1: yeah, thank you, Dustin, for that great introduction. My name is Omar Cheng. I am a, a motivational speaker and a life purpose coach. Uh, and I actually help people find the, the their purpose in life. And, and what the way I do that is help them get unstuck and be very clear on what they're looking for in life so that they can live the life they want. Mm. And my, my story begins a long, long time ago, like many of our stories with, uh, filled with challenges and hardship, and I managed to to overcome those challenges, and from th- that experience, I am now focusing on on things that are positive, uh, motivation, positivity, but most importantly, being resilient and, and understanding the importance of how resilience can really get you
0: through a lot of challenges in life. So, Umar, we um, are are hearing your amazing accent. So, tell us a little bit um, about about where you're from and kind of uh, uh, your family's backstory. It's very it's very intriguing. Yes,
1: I'm originally from from Senegal, which is a small French-speaking country in West Africa. I was actually born in a different country, north of Senegal, called Mauritania, where my my parents lived where I was born. Uh, my, my parents were originally from, from Senegal, but they went to to Mauritania to, to live there and work there. And that's, that's what I knew. Uh, my, my dad had an opportunity to work there. So he, he took it and basically we lived there and, and I was born there. But my, my story in Mauritania really uh, took a turn for the worse, if you will. Uh, This being the the only country I knew, I I occasionally traveled to Senegal to visit family, but we had, uh, back in 1989, I I was 15 at the time, we had a mob of people, a group of people, come to our home with uh, machetes and makeshift weapons and trying to knock our door down to come into the house.
0: Wow.
1: And we, this was as a result of a, some skirmishes between Senegalese uh, Senegalese people, Senegalese herders, and and Mauritanian uh, Mauritanian farmers at the border. It started uh, about a few days before that, where there was a fight. Uh, but what happened is that the news broke to in you know in Mauritania that some some Mauritanians were being attacked, and and vice versa, some Senegalese were being attacked. But anyway, long story short. The event, things got worse and eventually people started rioting on the streets, not just rioting, but looting people of, Sen- of Senegalese descent, looting their homes and attacking people and actually killing people. Wow. And that's what led them to our door, where they came in, they knocked the door, wanted to come in, and uh, so they knock on the door. We don't answer right away because we're thinking we know what's coming. We we don't let them in, but then they knock
0: loud and they are about to tear the door down. Yeah. Yeah. Then my, my sister and I realized that if someone doesn't answer the door, they are going to knock the door down and then they are they were going to come in and it's gonna be ugly. Yeah, further making so, them did. angry. Exactly, yeah. So we decided that we were gonna answer the
1: door. We walked up to the door and managed to convince them to, 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 to not come in. And the way we did that was, my sister and I were the, the two of our family that spoke the local language the best because her and I were born in Mauritania and we spoke the local language which, which was called Hassania. It's a, it's a derivative of Arabic. Okay. And we managed to convince them that you know, now we, we are we are Mauritanians, uh, which, which was true. I was born there. I just happened to have also been from Senegalese parents yeah. But anyway, we spoke the local language and told them to, to leave, and they said, no, no, we see Senegalese people coming here and going all the time, and we we told them, well, that's true, because my mom, my my dad had passed away a few years before, and uh, to make ends meet, my mom was selling milk and other fruits and vegetables to, to make ends meet. As a result of that, when she was... No longer selling let's say it was getting dark she would come to the house and people would come to the house to buy milk from her people from all walks of life senegalese mauritanians and different people so we told them well that's why people senegalese people come here because they come here to buy milk just like some of you guys do by the way <laughs> and by the way some of those people who wanted to kill us wow were some of our mauritanian neighbors
0: Were you at this time, Umar? I was
1: fifteen. Fifteen.
0: 15 years old. Okay, so you remember this clearly.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, so, uh, it's one of those things in life that you you don't forget
0: easily. So tell me this: your family even spent time in a refugee camp. Tell me, tell me, it was this was this the same time?
1: figure it out and they will come. No other way to go to the Senegalese embassy because it was closed. So now all of a sudden we are stuck in the country. Wow.
0: Wow. So, so what was, what was the transition where y'all said, okay, it's time to do something different? How did you get um, here into the states?
1: Yeah. So the states happened later, uh, much much later actually, uh, and. Uh, the after my mom and i stayed at her friend's house she decided that she was going to go back and check on the house which was a bad idea because there was a curfew so sure enough she goes out and then she never came back so oh all man of a sudden I'm, I'm alone in the country and uh, but but my my i, I worked with my mom's uh, friend who arranged for for a car to pick me up and drop me off at at a at a refugee camp, a, a Red Crescent camp? You know, as you know, Dustin, since your family, you know, your parents worked uh, overseas.
0: Yes. Uh, the Red Crescent
1: camp, Red Crescent camps, are, are the equivalent of the Red Cross camps in in, in, yes. in, in those countries. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so I ended up at, at the camp. The camp was a whole nother experience. It was overcrowded hundreds and hundreds of people were fleeing uh, coming of Senegalese people were fleeing actually anyone who, who who looked Senegalese for that matter were in the camp and the camp was overcrowded anyway so that's how I ended up in the, in the camp and uh,
0: what the, was life camp, what was life in the camp what 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 was your day-to-day activities
1: So I I allied myself with four other refugees in the camp. These guys were older, they were stronger, and somehow, by the grace of God, they they agreed to to form a group with me, you know, the skinny 15-year-old, and that that
0: really changed everything. At least I could eat, uh, we could have some tea, and uh, I was able to, to survive that way you know i can't even begin to imagine the uh, the the hardships the struggle the feeling of uncertainty of what tomorrow holds in all of that um i wow this is like i mean that's some real life stuff that you see uh on a movie somewhere you you know i mean yeah. i i just i wow and and i don't want to dig too much but it is a story of of you know kind of It needs to be told. Um, You said your mom left and never came back. Did you ever find out, um, you know, what happened?
1: Yeah, so I I found out later that she got picked up by the military police and was deported. Was put in a camp, you know, in a different uh, uh, camp where she was deported right away, fortunately,
0: because she, she couldn't have survived. How is it? How is it not knowing, man? Just, just family, families getting busted up, and not knowing what's going on.
1: Yeah, that, that was the worst feeling because when when I tried to think about what happened to them, I found myself being almost locking up and then shutting down. So I had to force myself not to think about their fates until I got out of my. My current predicament, my current situation, because I figured then I can worry about how to get to them, how to find them, and figuring out what happened to them.
0: So this. Whole... If I
1: couldn't survive. Go ahead. I said, then if I could, if I could survive, then I could always
0: find out what happened. So, as a motivational speaker about resilience, you're actually learning this method of almost controlling the mind uh, early, early on. Yeah, absolutely it was
1: you, you, you had to do it because when you are in those situations you have to find a way to survive or you can shut down and just you know let it be and then it will be the end of you but as you try to figure it out you're learning some key life skills the mm. hard way I mean trial by fire you're there you got to figure it out fast yeah and yeah, uh, yeah and that's, that that experience really taught me, Taught me a lot of the things about resilience that I know now, because I was able to look back at those moments. Everything that helped me survive really taught me some valuable
0: lessons about how to be more resilient. So, Umar, when you when okay, you're there in the refugee camp. You form this group. You're able to survive. Um, At what point does things shift and you can kind of come out of the camp and things start to look brighter? At some point things got so bad that the
1: international community got wind of the, the events. So they, they sent help and the French people, Senegal was colonized by France, so f- the French people felt an obligation to do something about it. So they, they created a, an air bridge where people were being flown to Senegal by cargo planes and then people were being flown back from Senegal to Mauritania and, and vice versa. So that's how I, uh, how I was able to be sent to Senegal. And uh, the challenge there was, I didn't know exactly where my my family was. I knew that I had an uncle that lived in Senegal. I knew vaguely what the address was for his home. So number one, I got sent to Senegal in another camp, an interim camp where I spent half a day, and that camp was, was horrible. Uh, wow. But fortunately, I only spent half a day there. Then I took a bus. about half a day I was going around asking people, do you know my uncle, do you know my uncle? And finally,
0: No, can, I I can't even begin to describe the feelings, the emotion that must have been happening in that room. Um, I I can't even imagine. Yeah, it
1: was a, a quite emotional reunion for sure.
0: So so tell me um, a little bit about how you became motivational speaker, talking about resilience. Obviously, Umar, I can see you have experience, <laughs> obviously I can see the story here, um, and, and I just want to know how that led to you feeling the need to uh, inspire others. Well, after that, when, when,
1: I, when I met my wife and, and when I came to the U.S., I, I had to start from scratch, because even with my education uh, back from, from Senegal, the unfortunately, a lot of a lot of Western countries don't trust the education system from from certain countries, third world countries. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back to school, and, and while I was doing that, just you know very briefly, I'll tell you the quick story. I, I had to find a job, and I worked in the food industry, in the restaurant industry, and in the hotel industry to make ends meet. And while I was doing that, I went back to school to get my my degree, uh, my bachelor's degree, and and. Uh, and while I was doing all that I realized that some of the things that I learned from the hardships back home back in Africa were coming into play every single day Yeah. and I realized that part of that it was really two things uh, Dustin it was being resilient and thinking positively Man. looking at life as life is really a glass half full rather than a glass half empty empty um, you know, environment
0: if you yes, will yes.
1: and that Really got me through all of that hardship at some point i was holding three jobs going to school full time and we had our first newborn son uh, and it was a trust struggle but what got me through it was that positivity then i started seeing people struggling with some of the same things because they couldn't see themselves coming out of these hardships and situations and i realized there's something to be taught here that that i can i can share my advice i can share things that i did for my life be to be successful and uh, and that's when I started actually the, the first person I coached was was a coworker at a at one of the most successful companies here in Minnesota by accident because she saw what I had done in my career to to advance quickly yes and she approached me asking for help and I gave her some advice and within about a few months uh, I think it was 3 to 6 months she got promoted twice wow and and I realized that you know I owe it to the world
0: to share what I know to help people reach their goals and come out of these situations. So that really started everything for me. And and so branching out from there, um, where can you can you tell us a little bit about this word resilience? Um, I know you actually have five five steps and want to kind of try to try to start digging into some of that. Um, tell, me, tell me about the word resilience, what that means to you, and what that looks like for someone. Uh, is it something you can become? Is it something that's taught, or is it something that's inside of you? Tell me, a, tell me more about that. that.
1: That's a great question, Dustin. Well, the word resilience, really, if you take its definition, it means, in a nutshell, it means the ability for someone to bounce back from hardships or challenges and one of the one of the the ways i was able to, to synthesize if you will my experience is to kind of uh, kind of narrow it down to five core beliefs that you need to have or skills that you need to have to be more resilient and the first one is what i would call um, micro resilience events and, and i gave it this term because micro meaning small and then resilience events meaning those small challenges that happen in your life. Think about it, Dustin. When you were younger, maybe you took a fall and, and got hurt. Maybe someone broke your heart. Uh, maybe you you wanted something really bad and your parents said no. Uh, maybe you stuck a, a screwdriver, you know, in a socket and got shocked. Those are the small challenges, and sure. it could be even more uh, more challenging as you go through life. Sure. resilient yeah. so to answer your question every single person has a certain degree of resilience now to 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 wake to be more resilient you have to, to learn to be to cultivate that resilience skill okay. and most
0: micro resilience advance right okay right and the second thing is really to
1: use what I would call anchor memories. so if you think of an anchor for a ship yep an anchor holds a ship in place so that the waves don't carry that ship away yes as a person you have some memories that define who you are the day you fell in love the day you first got married the day you realize that you have a connection with God Know, the day you 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 met your wife yes. your wedding date and so on and so forth but you have also have some of those those memories that are that make you that stand out because they make you really really happy and they put you in a good mood just thinking about it yes oh man remember back in 1997 when this happened that was the best day of my life that kind of thing I love Now, it. what anchor memories do is that you you have the ability to remember something, but you also have to build the ability to remember how you felt when you experienced that memory. So, for example, one of the, my favorite, favorite memories was uh, when my my dad would take us. Uh, we didn't have a lot, a lot of money, but when my dad would take us get some ice cream in downtown New short in Mauritania when I was younger, and that feeling. Those feelings have a lot of very strong and they are packed with emotions. And when I feel unhappy or sad, or maybe I'm feeling a little down, I can think of a specific memory, but I remember how I felt at yes. that time and I bring those feelings forward to get rid of the negative feelings.
0: See, Umar, this is so powerful because. Um I, I don't even think I've, I've told you I do some uh, life coaching as as well and so what I call this anchor memory um, uh, I, I call it's an exercise that I taught with some of um, uh, the the clients that I've had and, and I call it push the button all right and so on my I'll, I'll just say find a knuckle on your left hand or something on your left hand um, that you don't ordinarily touch regularly out of habit or whatever, I'll say take your middle knuckle, like make a fist with your left hand and find and, and your middle knuckle. With my right thumb, I just push that knuckle and I try to remember something that made me feel powerful or something that made me feel great or, or a memory, just like you're talking about. Hold on to that feeling. and And when you get that feeling inside, when you feel it, you push the button and you hold it and it gives you it gives you that sense of empowerment. That's such a powerful thing you're talking about with this with this anchor memory. And then and then release the button before it before it goes away. And and after a while you can kind of train yourself to push that button in the midst of a, a, a of a low point or something that's going on where you're depressed or or even just something's just not not going the way you hoped you should and you can feel powerful by that. By that anchor memory you're talking about. I, I love that. Yeah, no, absolutely that's that's exactly what what it is. I think you could look Man, and that's so pivotal because, uh, as as creatures of habit, uh, we want to just—I mean, we want to just react. I gotta respond right away. He said this. My boss told me that. I've got to fire back. I've got to go into defense mode, or or freak out and go into panic mode and not do anything and just lock up. And you're so you're so right. That gives you so much time to just or, or just a brief a brief time to just think about how I need to respond correctly.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and speaking of habits, the, the third tip I would give about being more resilient
0: is what I call liberating habits. Say that again? And, uh, liberating,
1: liberating. liberating habits. Liberating,
0: yes, liberating, liberating habits. habits. So
1: this is really using those small fulfilling habits and those daily rituals. That can be powerfully soothing for your soul, mm. but also for your for your uh, state of mind.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: and I'll give you an example. It could be maybe you pray every night before you go to bed. Maybe you pray every day. Uh, maybe you pray five times a day, which in some countries people do. Yes. W- maybe you listen to music. Maybe you go jogging. Maybe you cook. Uh, I am the cook in the house, and okay. I find it very l- relaxing to to cook. So if I am even if I'm feeling a little down, I'm feeling like my motivation. And believe it or not, even me, the the super positive, super motivational guy, occasionally I'll have times where I'm like, man, today I'm not feeling it at all. Yeah. So I will get out of get up right away and start doing something that gives me joy. You know, those small habits. And what that does is it grounds you to realize that you have a place in the world. Wow. Your presence has meaning. And if you stop and and think about things around you, and that's why a lot of people like to pray or a lot of people like to meditate or do yoga or listen to music because it it puts you in in neutral, if you will. So if you're running your car and you put it in neutral, you would notice that the engine kind of slows down a little bit and just kind of idles in a nice way. Well, you need to sometimes put yourself in neutral and the way you do that is by using these habits. And they will center you, they will they will kinda of be a a guide and allow you to just collect yourself for a second. Today. There's things coming at us from everywhere.
0: Go ahead, Dust. No, you're 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 exactly right. I'm loving this, Umar. One of my centers is 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 prayer, just getting somewhere quiet and, and just thinking and unloading and downloading. And uh, sometimes I just, I like to read too. I love to grab um, a yeah. good book and, and, and just read. And you know what? Sometimes I just want to stare into a corner and just collect my thoughts, you know, and, and uh, what just happened. And so um, I, I love that being, being able to find some sort of release that's positive. It may be walking. Um, I have. I'll get out, man. I'll get out. I'll put my shoes on, Umar, and I'll go outside. And I've got a trail um, that I walk around around my yard. And and we will just we'll walk a mile out there. Just 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 walking. Maybe me and my wife, or me by myself with a podcast uh, in my ear, whatever it is. Yeah.
1: No, absolutely. It's just. I think what it does is it it cuts that umbilical cord that connects us to this very chaotic world. Where you know noise, we have noise everywhere. You know, unless you're lucky enough to live uh, in a in a more rural area, uh, many of us are are surrounded by noise and chaos and cars and and everything. And if you add to that it's the challenge of the pandemic and diseases,
0: and oh my goodness,
1: our struggles, you can only take so much. And so you you need that break.
0: You know, you're hitting on so many different truths and so many different things and. Um, I can definitely tell that um, you're, you're very gifted um, uh, in this area and recognizing and your ability to translate um, what the average person feels um, but doesn't really know how to articulate it. Um, I can tell you've spent time studying um, your craft and, and all of that and so I, I love that. So we've got micro resilience, anchor memory, liberating habits. And uh, and and what's next? Well,
1: next is uh, leveraging support. Okay. By that, by I mean your support system. Yes. Now, wh- while we need to, to have time by by ourselves to 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 disconnect and collect our thoughts, we also need to understand that there are some challenges in life that you cannot face alone. Alone. Mm. Mm. So, and uh, there's a good reason why religion and and uh, spirituality has been one of the key factors of, of human behavior and human society since the beginning of time. Because some things you have to do, you have to be willing to accept other people's help and connect with your community to be able to, to, to overcome that
0: challenge. What do you say to so, the people, Umar? What do you say to the people that are saying, but you don't know how bad I've been burned? but you don't know what people have done to me or what I've gone through. I have trust issues in that area. What do you say to that person saying that? I think what I would say is that there is more good in the world than bad. Mm.
1: Despite the fact that we are bombarded by images of war and famine and, and people attacking homes and people killing each other and so on and so forth. If you think about it, the world has never been this peaceful in our in in millennia, really. I love it. You know, maybe at the early ti- early times on Earth, maybe. But if you think, if you have you read human history, the violence that's out there and the the struggles that people had to face, they didn't have the the technology we had to we have today. Where the, back then, you had a small cut uh, in the woods, you could die from it because there's no there were no antibiotics, there were no doctors. So. And to bring it back, there are more good people in the world than there are bad people.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So what I would say to you is, and and I had a, I had an upbringing where, you know, we don't swear, uh, I don't smoke, I don't drink, and we we don't do it, we don't do anything bad really. So I used to pick my friends based on whether they swore or not, whether they were rude or not,
0: right.
1: uh, of course, I, that this was when I was a teenager, but I, I, I learned from my experiences and have grown now to, to be, to widen that, that criteria, if you will, Yes. and accept more people. But what I do is you have to give people 100% of your trust. And when they give you a reason not to trust them, then you start to take, to peel it back. But if you go through life thinking that that person is going to burn me, that person is going to burn me, what you're doing is you're closing the doors of opportunities and of blessings before you even explore it.
0: Wait a minute. That was was a mic drop moment right there. So if you are not willing to open up your trust and open up your life to other people, you are missing out on opportunities and the blessing that may come from doing so. You will never know. Um, that that is, that is so huge, Umar. I think we miss out on a lot of relationships. I think we miss out on a lot of uh, um, friendships because we're afraid to open up or we don't see the benefit for us personally by befriending that person. But by being this way or doing that you miss out on so much, and I love the fact that you hit on, you, you know, when you were younger, basing your kids on—I mean, basing your friends on, on whether they didn't cuss or this and that. And as you, as you grew, your criteria grew, and what's so beautiful, ladies and gentlemen, that are listening to this is that— um, uh, Umar, I am, I am gaining so much knowledge and wisdom from our conversation, from your backstory. And here's what we haven't said. Um, uh, Umar, you, you are in fact from uh, a Muslim background and I am in fact from uh, a Christianity background. But here's one thing we can do. We can come together and we can learn from one another. We can come together and actually be friends in this thing called life.
1: Uh, absolutely because we we are on this earth together and when you look back we if you look at uh well particularly christians and muslims back in the day there were so many instances where they came together and sat down and had a meal and and spoke to each other as friends yes there were some some issues that happened you know wars and that's human nature but yeah you're right when you when you look at everyone as being suspicious because they are different they don't you don't agree on on certain things you are you are in a sense you, you are shutting down a door to a blessing because as you and i know the, mo- the best things that happen in our lives are blessings that someone else or something else brought to us because we opened up we went somewhere
0: we spoke to someone or we did something that took us out of our comfort zone Oh, absolutely, and and you are blessing us here today majorly, and so just leveraging support, I say I, I like to call them life givers people people who don't tell you what you want to hear, but people who tell you what you need to hear, and people who help who help hold you up and bring life into your life, and so um, leveraging support, I, I think is I think is great, um, and and I believe I believe you have one more, correct? Yes.
1: And this one ties very well to what we just talked about, about opening up. It's about being nimble, being mm. flexible. Mm. And if, I, if you think back uh, back at, at my story in, in the camp, if I didn't find a way to, to change my views and, and get out of my comfort zone and approach those, those, those four guys, I would, I would have a hard time in that camp. I probably would get sick. So you, you have to be aware of the fact that everything changes in life, everything, yes. whether it's life and death, whether it's your work, whether it's your, the, the neighborhood you live in, uh, most people will tell you, well, there used to be more trees, there used to be a river over there, but it's gone now because we technology, we made progress, more people moved in, whatever it is. And to, to solidify this. I will tell you a very short, 10-second story here. It's one of my favorite fables. It's a French fable from a French uh, author, and it's a story of a tree that was made, a, a very sturdy tree that's been there for decades and decades, making fun of a small tree that was just recently planted. And the tree was, the big tree was telling to the small tree, man, you look so weak. The next storm, you're going down. And yeah, a hurricane happened. Guess what happened? The big sturdy tree that's very strong and very stern and that yeah. doesn't budge was upro- uprooted by the storm, oh, by wow. the hurricane. The small tree that's so feeble and, and, and weak was more flexible to the winds because ah. it, would, it would go all the way down and almost hit the ground on either side, bouncing back and forth, but it survived. Wow. Why? Because it, was, it was willing to be more flexible and more nimble.
0: Fantastic storm, story, yes.
1: Yeah, and that storm is life. That hurricane is life, and mm. the tree is you. You can choose to be that very stern tree, or you could be that nimble tree. You
0: yeah. know, I, I if can
1: your, your spouse. Yeah,
0: I can. I, you go ahead. You, you. I love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, Dustin, uh, in our relationships, your, your your spouse can come to you and say, "Hey, honey, guess what? I just got a job offer, or I lost my job." Uh, what are we gonna do next?
0: And you I know, can choose to not, fly off the handle.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you are not nimble, which means if you're not willing to, let's say, move from that bigger house, maybe it's a three-bedroom house, to a, a, a smaller apartment for a year or two until you get down, get under your feet. This is just an example. But what's gonna happen? You could lose that house, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but that's you know that's a, 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 a strict uh, example, maybe. But. What I mean is that in life everything changes. Uh, if you think of the technology, if you have the same job for a long time, the things that change the technology, it feels like every six months there's new technology that you have to learn. Yes. But you, to be able to get through life, you have to be willing to be nimble and flexible and accept changes that come your way
0: and learn them. You know, I can't, I could not say that any better. That. You know, I picture that little that little tree out there whipping to and fro and kind of uh, 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 flapping around in, in the hurricane, and I imagine uh, I, I could see that big tree, and of course, um, uh, I believe it was two years ago, we had a big hurricane kind of blow through here, and uh, a lot of big trees down. Um, and it was just, it was just disastrous. So, so what you said just resonated so much uh, with what I've seen um, here, and I can imagine that being exactly how life is. You know, I mean, we come against so much in this life, and your ability to ebb and flow within that is going to be vital. It's going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It, and, and so let me, let me ask you this. I, I want to kind of bring all of this to um, a head, so to speak, kind of bring it all to a close. Um, first of all, i got to know, do you have this story in a book? <laughs> uh, I am actually working on it. I am working on, on a book that I believe the title would be Awaken Your Resilience. You know you're talking about these points I, I love that and and what about your your life story your 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 big story it, it's not
1: in a book yet but I, I you know people tell me all the
0: time you should put this down in a book somewhere umar uh, when when you do <laughs> please come back and and let us know and we want uh, because that's something I personally want on my bookshelf and so um, and yes we want to we want to know more about the the resilience and all of that look forward to that coming out now if people want to know more about you how to get in touch with you or or where to find you where can they go umar yeah they could just go to uh, to my website which is my home
1: base it's uh, myname.com so umarjang.com and uh, feel free to, to start a conversation there. You know you can book time on my calendar, and we could just talk. And, and certainly, uh, if, yeah, I can provide
0: some guidance if you feel like you need it. Wonderful. And I'll put I'll put a link, ladies and gentlemen. I'll put a link to that uh, in the show notes whenever we release this. We're actually going to release this. Uh, it'll be tomorrow, um, Umar. But for the listeners, it will be today. So, <laughs> so I will release um, uh, the the this. Website in the show notes and all of that. So, any final words, any final thoughts for our listeners from you, Umar? Yeah,
1: just I'll say, first of all, thank you, Dustin, for having me and thank you for doing what you do. We need to hear positive messages and thoughts to to help guide people so that they know they're not alone in in this challenge, that that is life. Uh, The final word would be for me, would be just uh, uh, life is challenging. We all go through these challenges, you are not alone in this. Uh, just know that you are going to come out of it, whatever it is, whether it's your relationship, your job, your, your life, you will come out of it and you will look back and smile at the things that you learned and that you are glad you didn't give up. Wow, truly, truly
0: uh, has been a blessing to have you uh, with the SCAR community. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you do with all of this um, in the future. We'll make sure um, we, uh, we follow you and your social media handles and all of that. Uh, We'd love to have you come back in the future as well, Umar. And so um, I anyway, will, um, if you will hold on just for a second, as for our listeners, I will see you in the next couple of days.